This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Thursday, December 5th, 2019. I'm here in Maui at the Snapdragon Tech Summit, and I've got a couple of really awesome guests on the show today. I have Alex Katusian of Qualcomm, and I have Tommy Adebayo, Gadget Boy on YouTube, um, and we're going to talk about all the great stuff that happened. So, Alex, why don't you lead the way? I mean, there's so much stuff. Yes, there's so much stuff. I was inundated. <laughs> yeah, I bet you it was hard for you guys to come up with a way to tell everything in three days. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because there's so much technology behind it. And, you know, you, wanna, you want to try to come across um, as uh, generic as possible, but yeah. it's sometimes it's too hard to do that. You have to actually let people know what goes behind the, the thoughts and the design and... You know, how do we create all of these technologies and why do we do it and why is it good for the consumer and why would our ecosystem partners take advantage of it and things like that. So I think uh, having all of those demos and having all those walk-ons was, uh, was sure. very helpful. Sure. Do you want to walk us through at a high level, kind of like what are the big ticket items and then let's maybe go down a path for each because I know there's obviously the mobile stuff yeah. and then there is the... Uh, you know, PC platform stuff, yes. and then there's the XR stuff, not yes. necessarily in that order. Yes. I think I didn't forget anything. That's the big ones. Correct, yeah. So I, I would say, okay, so if I if I had summarized five or six things that are super important. First, the premium tier 865, you know, mobile platform is a, is a big one because every year um, the premium tier solution sets the stage of what's going to happen for high tier and mid tier devices yeah. a couple of years. It's kind of trickle down economics it, really. It trickles down all of the all the technology and all the R and D that we put together on the premium tier trickles its way down into high tier and mid tier devices over time. And so that that's that's super important to talk about. But then this year at the same time we were introducing a high tier device that we picked the seven sixty five. We picked particular features and functions that are very, very important to consumers. And we brought it down into a high tier device at the same time, almost at the same time as the premium tier, because there's such a demand um, building up for 5G, getting into mm -hmm. more and more hands across you know, a lot of geographies that um, you know, the, the OEMs and the carriers and you know, the service providers are all asking, how can I get this into more people's hands? And um, as we talked about in the in the summit um, next year, almost all the tiers of our products are going to be five G enabled solutions. Right. So actually, one of the things that wasn't possible because we ran out of time in terms of the conference was to go into great detail on the seven sixty five and seven sixty five G. We spent a lot of time talking about the eight NSAU Qualcomm yes. uh, about the eight sixty five. Yes. And you know, t Tommy, I, I think you're you're like we we talked about this before the show really briefly that we're both really super excited about the seven sixty five platform. Yes. Yes. Not because it's you know, you know, it's not because we don't want the flagship. It's because we we think it's going to democratize five G and everything yeah, else. So what I was curious about is which build. You said select building blocks were taken from yes. the eight sixty five and trickled down to the seven sixty five and seven sixty five Gs. Can you tell us? You know, off the top of your head, what yeah. they are? Yeah. First of all, uh, the the camera subsystem. So that's we used a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's great. So camera subsystem. Two hundred mega. Pixel well, and all that uh, stuff. we took a lot of it off of the 855. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, from we the took 855. A lot, lot of it from the 855, and we, we used the architecture of the 865 as well. Got it. And so that camera, uh, you know, it can support multi cameras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it, uh, it goes up to 192 megapixel camera. Oh, close uh, enough to 200. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to 200. Uh, but then the throughput isn't as large as the 865. Right. Okay, so it can capture 4K video, but it can't capture 8K 60. video. Yeah, and it does it do 60 4K 60? It, uh, it does 4K 60 oh, HDR wow. 10 plus. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and so so we thought camera was a like a pillar. You it's cannot. It's a huge miss. pillar. Yeah, you cannot miss. And does it do Dolby Vision? The 765 uh, or the 865? 865. Okay, got it. 865. Later on, we'll we'll figure out how to bring it down. To yeah, but I mean, it's only a matter of time. Yes, and then AI was also another. Uh, big pillar. Big pillar. 
And but the consumer doesn't realize that AI is there. Really, this stuff happens. Like, uh, like um, your phone will tell you you're ten minutes away from your house. Mm-hmm. How does it know? And without you knowing, your phone will connect to a Wi-Fi network that is secure. Um, all of a sudden, you see it's on, even when you turn it off. Why? Because your signal is better that way versus a cellular network, and vice versa. Uh, it'll figure out your calendar. It'll figure out your text. Like I want to, I I get a ping say, saying, put this code into into this website before you can log in, like and they time. send it to you, and then all of a sudden. If you want, once you want to enter it, that code's available for you just to say, okay, yeah. paste. You don't have to do your paste. It just, it, you can just put it in. Um, and then, and then you have all of the other functions such as, um, enhanced photography, better video capability, um, uh, even, even, you know, segmentation. That I, I was going to say, there. is that in there? Yeah, it's not in there because that's okay. a lot more processing capability. Got it. But people just don't understand that this is happening for them. So AI is a big pillar. So we took a um, we took a version of that fifth generation AI. Uh, it's it's a, it's a uh, less performing solution. It's a five top versus mm-hmm. fifteen top. And then the memory interface. You know, we have a thirty-two bit interface on the eight sixty-five. We have a sixteen bit interface yeah. on the seven sixty-five. So sense. the throughput data is not that large. But enough for the range of phones that people want to buy. And then gaming. Elite gaming is the other one that we wanted to bring down because, you know, a, a gaming experience with great surround sound and immersion into the game with, with, uh, with features and functions that the gamers really care about was a, was a big pillar. Yeah, I'm not a huge gamer, but I'm always excited about the G-chips yes. simply because it means you buy a phone and then if you want to be a gamer, you can. You get an extra... That's right. Do you feel that way too, Tom? Yeah, because I think we're shifting from having to spend £1,000 plus in the UK for a phone that's capable of playing decent games like PUBG and stuff yeah. uh, to now you can spend, I don't know, sub £500 yes, that's and correct. get the same level of experience. That's yeah. exactly yeah. correct. So all these gaming leagues that are coming up in China and India and other places, they're specialized. They're like, like okay, we're gonna come, we're gonna come after your graphics cores. We want to wait, work with these game engine providers. We want to specialize our games on your platforms, which is all great because we we do. That's that's exactly what that's we what do. So did. I think I think getting those features of, and then the modem on the seven sixty five is half the performance of the X fifty five, X fifty two. So. Um, that's why we're able to integrate that onto one die because you have a lower performing AP mm-hmm. and then you have a lower performing modem, which means you're spending less silicon area, which means that right. can integrate. That's why you can integrate. That's right. So but actually, no compromise on the premium. Team. You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, so with the 865, eight, yeah. um, so when OEMs use that, they still have to opt for the modem separately, right? Correct. So. Is there a future where maybe uh, OEMs can go? I still want the eight six five, but there's now a new modem. Would no. that like would that no. work at all? Or? That that doesn't that doesn't work because you have to have the whole system work in conjunction with each other. Right. So once I move, once I move away to a higher end AP, most likely a higher end modem will be there. But we did the same thing, and when we rolled out LTE, we had a, a two chip solution for two generations and then third generation we integrated in. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So actually I had a question about the mm-hmm. 765. It wasn't clear to me. Does it support all like all bands like high, mid and low or does it skip millimeter wave? All bands. Wow. All bands. It supports all bands uh, and it supports multiple frequencies from 600 megahertz all the way up to 40 gigahertz in millimeter wave. Wow. And uh it, the the only difference is in X fifty five we support an eight hundred megahertz bandwidth for a millimeter wave. In yeah, fifty two we go to four hundred megahertz. Got it. On sub six we do two hundred megahertz bandwidth on X fifty five, hundred on X fifty two. But the entire RF subsystem, the transceiver, the power amplifiers, the filters, the switches, envelope tracker, antenna modules. Everything is exactly the same. You can copy paste from one to the other. So that makes it easy. to. So do. there's no more choosing now. Like right now, we, if you look at this landscape of 5G phones, obviously they're 855 and 
So they're not 765, right? But if you look at the lens here right now, you really have to make a choice. You actually have to buy a phone that has high band and mid band or buy a phone that has mid band and low band. And I don't think that's a restriction necessarily on your end, yeah. but it's a restriction in just packaging, right? You need to create a phone that's well, what, affordable and has battery life that matches, etc. So I'm actually looking forward to it, whether it's the on a 865 or 765 to the first phones that for a specific market and at least for a specific operator support all three. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, you know, what's going to happen with operators is as the 5G network and the coverage becomes more densified, what you're going to see is in the congested areas of, of their coverage, they're probably going to start putting in millimeter wave. You know, of course. Like it's, it's, it's the natural thing. It makes thing sense, right? And then in the less congested areas, that you're going to see sub-6, and even less congested areas, you see LTE. But you see, 5G is unique because... It's the first G that allows simultaneous operation of the current generation and the previous generation. That's right. When 4G came out, you had, it, you had 4G or 3G. No, in this case, two antennas go on at the same time. And they, they, the network, and that's the D, what is it called? DSS? DSS. DSS. No, DSS is slightly different. I'll explain it to you. But uh, 5G, when a 5G phone turns on, it looks for a 5G base station yeah. and it looks for a 4G base station. Yeah. And the network will tell the phone, you're better off on one or the other. Got it. And it connects. DSS is uh, in a cell site mm -hmm. that is already equipped with LTE bands and LTE support. On the same base station, I can software upgrade it so that that base station can now figure out, do I jump to a 5G band or do I jump back to a 4G band? And as users come into that cell site, it in a, in a millisecond switch time mm -hmm. can go back and forth between 5G and 4G. Got it. Okay. And so what that means is I don't have to refarm and get all the 4G users out right, to exactly. use 5G. I can use exactly the same frequency at the for same both time. users at the same time. Yeah. And it's so fast that you don't compromise throughput nor do you compromise any performance. As there's more five. There's more four G users and small amount of five G users come in. The switch can happen relatively well. As it transitions to five G, you do less switching to four G and you keep more on five G. So you can manage this yep. transition quite well. And that's, and that's the first time. I mean, this is a big deal for for operators. It's like magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They yeah. love this stuff. Totally. Yeah. So how does that affect the? You know, we're talking about the two antennas. Uh, how does that affect the battery life? Ah, very good question. <laughs> Everybody wants to know about yeah. that. So that is a pillar. Yes, obviously. So traditionally, as performance peaks, you use more and more battery. But on an average days of use, you have better performance on the five G phones than you do on the four G phones. Uh, we've made it such in such a way that when you put together a whole system, there's low power capability in multiple parts of the system, not just on the, on the modem side, but on the AP side. And we have low power islands of stuff and we wake up things that are necessary and, and don't wake up things that are not necessary. So overall, the days of use, when you're, when you're in, a, in a 5G, 4G combination is about the same. Uh, and if there's performance modes in 5G that you have to go up on mm -hmm. and you'll get less battery life, usually what happens in, is in a 5G phone, the battery sizes have grown a little bit. Yeah. So it compromises for that mode where you would get uh, less battery life because you have more performance out there. Yeah. And then over time, we'll optimize more and more and then you'll get, you'll get right back to where you were, if not much better. And is it true to say that currently with what we have now, at millimeter wave is still a little more power like consumption than low band or mid band would be. Um, if you're if you're using much more throughput, obviously. Right. right. So if yeah. you crank up the speeds to two megabits per second. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you'd want like you know, in a in a case where you're downloading uh, a video, you want to use as much yeah. speed as possible. And obviously, during that time, you're going to spend more power. Right. It because you're you're the energy that you're dispensing and receiving is going to be higher. Okay. But like I said, uh, the the compromises you have slightly bigger capacity batteries, and it compensates for that. 
and and us as a uh, as an industry will figure out how to make optimizations to these high power use cases to make the battery life better. Cool. It's the the seven six five platform is that seven built on seven nanometer as well. It is, but it's seven nanometer at uh, Samsung Fabs instead of TSMC instead of TSMC in Taiwan. Yeah. And so we talked about obviously imaging being a huge pillar. We touched on AI. We touched a little bit on power management. And you, I mean, Qualcomm's always been total champs at power management. That's really challenging. Yeah. Um, people think they can solve it in software, and it's just like, no. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, but... It's all combination. Yeah. So what other pillars did you focus on? Obviously, you now support 120 gaming. hertz display. Well, gaming. we talked about yeah. gaming, yeah. yeah. Uh, displays, you know, 120 hertz on both, right? 765 and... It's 144 hertz. 144 hertz? 865, 120 hertz on the... Yeah. Wow. And uh, the XR2 is, is, uh, is 120 hertz as well. But... Yeah. That, that, but that's supporting two two things. So let's talk about it. Let's maybe three K on each, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's maybe switch to talking about XR, AR, VR, MR. Yes, um, that, and then there's two more things. One was, uh, um, if we have time, we should touch on the uh, modular systems. You know, we yeah. put everything into into modules, and then we have fingerprint. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So let's. Do you want to maybe jump into XR just briefly? Yes, let's go into um, I'm not a huge XR user. Mostly because I think a lot of the current applications are really commercial at this point. We're still trying like to get to this form factor. Right. I'm holding up my glasses if you listen for the listeners. Um, but you know, I feel that every, you you have been relentlessly at Qualcomm, been trying to like get achieve that holy grail yeah. of making XR a thing. Yeah. And I mean, the results speak for itself. Oculus is using it on what? Go and Quest. Yeah. You've got Microsoft now using it for HoloLens 2, yes. right? Yes. So it's a big deal, right? Every company, virtually every company that has either AR or, or VR uh, capable headsets, it's us. Right. Standalone, like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the tethered ones are... Fine. Forget that. Yes. Who wants to do that? Yeah, I think... I never understood. I know it's an interim step and some gamers are really into it because they want that performance. But in order to get away from the rectangular, everyday looking phone that has the same buttons and has the same, you know, whatever, it, you really, if you want to get into a next level user experience, that's where it's going to go. Right. It has to because... Why, if you take a look at Google Lens, have you ever used Google Lens? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you know, it's a great application, right? You want to mm -hmm. know about something, you point in it. So why have your window be like the size of your phone? Why yeah. not have your window be your the purview? World. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so it just makes sense. That's where it's going to go. And, and uh, when we started investing in smartphones, people didn't even know what Android was. And you know, at first you'd had these uh, <laughs> Microsoft-based uh, like HTC phones. Yeah, yeah I remember the Windows mobile phones. Yeah. And, and when we invested in that, we knew that's where things were headed. Because you know, we had, uh, if you remember, we had an operating system called Brew. I do remember Brew. Yeah. Actually, I remember going to GDC back in the days. My first exposure with Qualcomm uh, in terms of like, Beyond being aware that you exist as a chip maker, actually seeing you in like conferences yeah. was I was a game developer. I went to yeah. GDC and you guys had a booth set up where you were showing Brew Gaming yeah. and you're trying to get us all excited about gaming yeah. and writing code. It was great. That's like I'm talking 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. And Brew was the first mobile operating system that had an app store and had you know it had uh, app developers. We had conferences. We you know we're loading a graphical user interface on a feature phone yeah. you can go to a store and pick an app you can download something and you know rudimentary stuff was but the idea was the the cellular network can be the network by which all this data can travel back and forth and we we were great believers of obviously because you know we developed all that stuff but, <laughs> yeah. but because we knew where things were going to end up and so when we invested in that we knew this was going to take off like you know, no tomorrow. But same thing with uh, XR uh, is because that's the next level of user interface. It has yeah. to be. It yeah. cannot be where you just have a device in your hand. All sure. Also, special. Is it special? Special. The the company. 
Special. Spatial. Was it spatial? Spatial. Yeah, spatial. yeah. yeah. So spatial. I saw the, Isn't that awesome? That was like... Amazing. Was like, I had a demo of it at NWC. Yeah, I hadn't like, seen that gosh. demo. Do you want to describe that, Tommy? Because they're not going to see it. Just, it. <laughs> just takes, they use um, OlaLens um, to, yeah. to, to make it, implement the whole thing. And basically, you can collaborate with someone else. So it's like basically like video conferencing. But yeah, but to the it's, next it level. takes it to a different yeah. level. Like you, you have, you can, yeah. as an architect, you can put it in front there and move things around and so let me let me explain uh one experience that i had uh, actually two uh one was uh facebook places mm -hmm. uh, that was demonstrated i think at one of the uh um f fx events yeah. Uh, yeah where you would go into an avatar based uh situation and you could talk with people and you would appear and you can share pictures and you'd be inside the picture because it was 360 and all these other things and when I got a demo of that, it was tethered, okay? Um, and um, when I finished the demo, and I took the headset off, mm -hmm. they said, welcome back, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and it hit me hard yeah. because it's actually, I almost transferred from that world into the real world. Teleportation. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and then the even better experience, and uh, I was at F8. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think at that time, uh, running the head-mounted display was uh, Hugo Barra. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you... Yeah, Hugo, remember. I remember. Yeah. And he said, hey, I want to I give you a demonstration. So we went, it was in San Jose. We went into a section of the convention center that was clear. Like maybe this room is what, like say uh, 200 square feet? Yeah. Let's say an area was like 800 or 1,000 square yeah, feet. Yeah. And there was no one there, okay? The portion of the hall. And he, he took the quest... Uh, and and he put it on. He took the 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 hand gesture um, the controllers. controllers, and he siphoned off a portion of that thousand or thousand square feet. Okay, and um, you would see this grid come up uh, in in the headset. Yeah. Okay, and he goes, okay, we're ready. And he put the headset on me, and then the entire grid turned into a completely different space. Like yeah. a holodeck on Star Trek. Just, yeah, but just exactly what we, sh we showed today where a grid got a different background. Yeah. That dog picture. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. But now you're in a gaming environment. Okay? Yeah. Then, then he goes, okay, um, see, um, see that gun over there? So yeah, just pick it up. Pick it up with your hand. The gestures you would pick up in about thir 10 seconds. Yeah. Pick up the gun, put it in your holster. Pick up that gun, put it in your holster. Then he goes, you ready? Okay, go. All of a sudden, these monsters started crawling out from under the rock and they'd come and bah, someone hit you. And I went like this because they were coming close. And then you'd see red. Oh. A portion of, you know, you got, you're bleeding. Yeah. So you need to shoot them. So you take out the gun, pop, you shoot them, they fall over. And then another one would come from a distance. They're all the way over the, you know, from a distance from another rock. And you pick up the shotgun, you pick up the shotgun, you got, you pull and pop, you hit them over there. And, and then someone comes from behind you, so you have to turn around. And, and you're just completely surrounded by this environment, yeah. completely. We, we have that back in, in the UK. It's become a thing. So like, um, you can pay for an experience. Yeah, yeah, you and go into a store to, and you do that, right? Yeah, it's up to like 10 people and you put the, everything on and everything. And it's <laughs> so sur surreal. Like you get, you get in a lift to go yes. up to the next floor. Oh really? And oh, it wow. feels so real. And the huh. the pixel to motion time lag is is not long. Otherwise, you get sick. Right, of course. So this is pretty fast. And this was running on an eight thirty five. Wow. It was running <laughs> on an eight thirty five, and it was like amazing. Okay, so so maybe like it wasn't the top crystal clear graphics, but you were lost. You were lost in lost that there. world, and you were playing, playing, and and, and you know you're. I have pe people took pictures of me. And, and I was like, my face is like, like this, and I had this big headset in my head, and the headset was very comfortable because it was weight balanced, and the whole thing was great. And so I think when you said you're not a fan, that thing, this I mean, experience I, went into my head. And I'm I just like, not a fan oh. because I, I don't feel like, gaming is definitely one aspect, but I'm not that much of a gamer on the phone, so I'm kind of more looking forward to a day where I can just walk down the street with, with the glasses, glasses on. Yeah. And like for me, I think AR is more interesting than VR. Like I really feel that I would love to have an assistant that's constantly there for me and saying, "Hey, you know, um, you're walking. You're about to walk by the bigger place. You're really like, why don't you stop in?" 
and not because I'm being served an app, but because of my use habits, like Google does with the Google Assistant. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the stuff I want to no, see. No, I think that's where it's going to end up, actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, VR is going to be specialized, like, say, for events, concerts, and, you know, gaming and such like that. But AR is where it's at. You really want to interact into the real world with, uh, with AR. Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, the, like, you know, I, I can't say which companies, but you could probably guess. <laughs> uh, you know, they're building OSs around this. Yeah. And because when you have a virtual object, and multiple different people can interact with that object. Today's OS doesn't support that anymore. Absolutely not. And so therefore, you can see the next level of user interface has to be going No, I'm saying, I think for me, I'm, I'm more gung-ho about AR and I'm more gung-ho about it when it's out of form factor that feels more comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and absolutely. But I'm not saying that all the stuff that's going on right now is, is not important. I believe in it. I think it's good. Yeah. It's just not really where I have my focus on right now. Um, uh, we need to wrap up with you and I just wanted to kind of cover quickly uh, the two other things. The yes. ACPC announcements yes. and the ultrasonic fingerprint reader, yeah. which really blew me away. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So you have now got a 3D Sonic Max fingerprint reader, and yeah. I'm saying that because it sounds like the name of a blender. <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, amazing because you have a, a, basically a fingerprint sensor that's ultrasonic, yes. like you've done before, yes. but now it's 17 times the area. So that's what, correct. two by three centimeters? It's, uh, yeah, 20 by 30 yeah. millimeters. Yeah, 20 by 30 millimeters, which means Instead of, you know, because a little fingerprint thing lights up on your screen when you're supposed yeah. to, and, and, and when it's a four by nine, it's small. Your, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, and you have to, like, you know, so many times make it learn your fingerprint and take images of it and store all that stuff. This one, you don't have to think so much or look for it so much. Just put your... I have a video of the demo. Yeah, uh, from the do, demo I yeah, 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 so It's amazing. Fun. It's just like, you just pick up the phone and just kind of roughly that. touch yeah. the area where the sensor is. And it's so quick as well. And yeah, the reason why it's so quick is because it's capturing a much higher resolution image of your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, when it was smaller, uh, you know, it captures less. Yeah. Now it's a higher resolution, which means I have... You know, people who want to hack it have to be very accurate. And, and two, uh, if I do two-finger authentication, it becomes much harder. Yeah, because you can do that now. Correct. Right. And now, if I, if I inject the machine learning capabilities that we've developed over the years, the reason why we do that is because we have uh, captured hundreds of thousands of fingerprints uh, of people who have given consent to make that happen. And what we do is we teach teach the algorithms that this is a different ridge, this is a different situation, this could be a different material, this could be a different you know, blood flow, whatever it is. Um, and then all of that learning will go into a high resolution image and even two fingers. Mm -hmm. So it's exponentially harder to hack. It's exponentially harder to spoof. That's cool. Yeah, so that's, that's a good one. I'm definitely looking forward to it because that's the biggest challenge I find right now with uh, display fingerprint readers is to set even the fast ones are just problematic. They're just like, uh, it's a little, it's a little slow. And, 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 you know, in the back, in the days when the fingerprint reader was in the back, you just grab it in your pocket. Yeah. You didn't have to worry That's about right. where That's you're right. touching. Right. So we, we need to uh, talk about the ACPC stuff. Okay. Um, obviously the ACX was announced before, yes. so that's not new, but yes. it's your flagship chip yes. for always on PCs, always mobile, ultra mobile PCs. Yeah. And that's really exciting. And you know we're gonna see some designs coming out, but what's really got I think Tommy and I excited is is like now we've got like lower priced and more affordable chipsets. Yeah, You've right. got the 8C and the 7C, which are for mainstream and like sort of like not flagship but mainstream and you know Lower. entry level. Yeah, that's right. Uh, basically, you know education and other fields. I mean the reference design I just saw in the demo area for the 7C. I couldn't believe it. He said it would be about two ninety nine. It's awesome, and it felt really like perfectly fine for two ninety nine. Yeah. So let me. Get, I'll tell you what I'm super excited about. HCX is an awesome chip. Okay, and the X, the Pro X, and the Samsung uh, Galaxy Book is is evidence. But then a enterprise edition capable HCX with software capabilities. That's that's also super exciting because getting into the enterprise is is another. Is another barrier that we have to break um, because enterprise users who are connected are much more productive than not uh, we have so much data that shows 
If you have connect, if you have cellular connectivity and you're always on, you can access anything from anywhere. The productivity level saves tens of thousands of dollars a year because people can access everything, do their work, whatever it is. That's that's one thing. Then the eight C. Uh, let's say you're in a six hundred dollar type of a yeah, PC. Yeah, that's kind HC of a price is, point. is awesome because then you can reuse a lot of stuff from HCX into the HC. The most one of the more, more exciting ones is the 7C. 7C yeah. Okay, the reason why the 7C is exciting is not just because it enables a uh, entry level PC, but it comes in a module. The whole thing uh, comes in a module. It's not a uh, chip. Got it. It's a full module. So and the that, RF and everything. Everything's like integrated, and it's all uh, pre-certified. So, so, oh, so anybody can just whip them together. Yes, or you could use it for yes, a Raspberry Pi yes, or whatever. Like yes, some sort of, yes, I had no idea you guys yeah. didn't mention that on stage much. So yeah, cool. it's pre because I mentioned it in the first day when I talked about modules. Oh, that's yeah. right. And the modules pre-certified. What I didn't mention is already Vodafone and Verizon are on our pre-certification uh, collaboration. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right from the horse's mouth, Alex just gave us the scoop. That is correct. Uh, nice. And then, so, so then I can take that 7C in a module and put it into a, into a laptop. And if, I, if I'm not so style conscious, and if I make it a little bit thicker with a bigger capacity battery, that education PC, whether it's running Chrome or it's running Windows, either one, both are, both are available. Yeah. It could last a week. Wow. Like, you know, it, it just, you know. And if it's modular, and maybe you can put an upgraded module two years down the road. Oh, yeah, uh, obviously, yes. There you go. And so, but the, but we're actually putting the module on the motherboard. Oh, it's soldered. Yeah, it's soldered on the motherboard. But, but the, so think about it. You have a small PCB now, and the rest of the design can be full battery. And it has, it has that five tops AI. Mm hmm I don't know if many people realize that when uh, when the Pro was launched, they showed that demonstration of having a video conference on Skype. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, not most of the time, some of the time, people are looking away. They're looking at their phone, they're looking someplace else, yeah. maybe they're talking to someone. And it's not a feeling that, hey, I'm paying attention to you. They adjust your eyes. Yeah, they adjust your they gaze. They adjust your eyes yeah. so you're like looking at them. <laughs> that took... 15 watts off of the x86. Yeah, I, I see, I've tweeted about that. Unbelievable. We're like, really? So, you know, we have all the, the AI engine is, you know, spread everywhere in that device. And so you're leveraging a lot of that technology from huge, the mobile platform. Yes, right? huge. Yeah. That's exactly correct. You just bring all of that mobile goodness into a PC environment where mobility and usability and battery life and portability, all that stuff becomes so important. So two quick questions to wrap up. How different are the HCX and HCX Enterprise? Uh, so, so from a software perspective, you know, we could uh -huh. load on, uh, and then we have some security additional features security, additional security. But they're both 5G capable, correct? Uh, the X55, uh, with well, the X55, with the X55. Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah. And then are those 8C and 7C 5G capable? 7C is not. 7C is a fully integrated LTE. Yeah, it's got the LTE model. Yeah, and it's on, on one dot. And 7C is separate, so you could pair with the X55. Um, you could, but it's why the question okay. is why? Because, you know, yeah, you're buying, yeah, you're buying a, you're buying a, you know, two ninety nine PC. Why would you? It's really actually good enough for that. And then, so what do you see the most likely scenario to be? Does it have integrated LTE or is it extra seven C? Yeah, integrated. no, eight C. Eight C is integrated LTE, but I can also hook it up to the X fifty five. And that, but you don't see that happening. Depends. It, right. it depends on whatever people want to do. Got We're it. open to both. Because one, once we have a quarter on the HCX, yeah. the HC is automatically done. I'm super excited about it. I talked to Don McGuire at Computex. If uh, you guys want to listen, the listeners here, if you want to go back a few months to the podcast we did. And you know, we we're talking about that, the whole ACPC and yeah. Alex. I'm super gung ho on it. Like, oh, I've yeah, been absolutely. wanting absolutely. ultra light, ultra connected, ultra long battery life computing for all the PC so. manufacturers are gung ho about it. Of Even that other chip company is also done. That's right, I bet, <laughs> yes, that other chip company. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, gonna say about that, um, how the, the, the sticking point from my experience and my other media colleagues I talked to, and maybe Tommy even experienced this as well, I don't know if you've used NACPC, but is the lack of 64-bit apps. I know, of course, that's a lot Microsoft-driven because they're doing the software. Are you also trying to drive that hard big at time. your end? Yeah. Big time. Very, very hard with Microsoft and we'll get there. You know, there's no test. Yeah. 
Well, Alex, listen, I think we, we could talk forever. Yeah. We do have to cover a few news items, Tommy and I, but I really appreciate this. No this problem. is so great. Thanks so much pleasure. for being there. Thank you. Very nice Thank meeting you. Very you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. So as always, this show is sponsored by Audible. Audible.com is our sponsor and they're awesome. If you love audiobooks, I highly suggest you check it out. They have a great selection of books. They have lots of books that are read by the authors. That's what I really like. One of the last set of books I read from them was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know if that's something you're into, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> Are you Audible customer about you? I have, I have. I've got a few credits on there actually yeah, that right, right I'm on. yet to use, but yeah. So yeah, so if you are not already on Audible and you're interested in listening to books instead of reading them, maybe you're a delivery driver and you're driving around all day, consider joining uh, and supporting the podcast. There is a link and the show notes below. AudibleTrial.com slash MobileTech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that will give you a special deal and the deal is 30 day free trial you get to keep the one book that you downloaded that's your favorite at the end so not a bad deal and in the process you support the show and if you continue obviously uh, that's even better for them so consider that and uh, thanks to audible for being our sponsor all this time so Tommy Snapdragon Summit yes you're here I'm here What's the thing, I mean, they, this year was really packed it with was. stuff. And what is the thing that stands out for you the most? The thing that you're the most excited about? Um, I know that we all shout about the flagship um, 856 uh, processor, but I think the 756 and the 756G I'm more excited about, um, mainly because at the moment 5G is becoming mainstream. If, yeah. If you agree, I don't know. Um, but I do. Yeah, but I think the devices that are currently available to have that on, um, they're quite expensive. They're not that accessible. So yeah. having the 756 uh, SOC means that next year when we get more 5G devices, it will become more accessible to everyone and people can enjoy all those premium features as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that I'm excited by all of the new Snapdragon chips they announced, uh, especially the mobile ones, because there's also the the PC ones, right? That's right. Um, but I think that for me, the the seven series is 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 interesting because I think it brings, as you said, the price down to a place where everybody can get into it. Mm -hmm. And I love that they always have that gaming version, the G version, yeah. which I think is really interesting because I've played with a few of the Snapdragon 730G phones, mm -hmm. and I felt that you know I really didn't notice much of a performance difference between say that and a 845 or something. So. That's already a pretty good chip, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what will be really interesting to see is how much the OEMs actually uh, adopt the full functionality of what the chips are capable of. Um, so like the 856, for example, that, that can do, in theory, 200 megapixel uh, camera kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if that we foresee a phone that's going <laughs> to be rocking that next year anytime soon. I know. I who's who's going to do that, right? Yeah. We'll I mean, 200 seems... I mean, then again, we've had 108 megapixel now yeah. for a little while um, through... Uh, who was it? It was Xiaomi, Xiaomi. right? Yeah, yeah. And they worked with Samsung on that sensor. So we never know what's going to happen there. Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, the S11, uh, all the leaks at the moment are pointing towards uh, 108 megapixel camera. Um, so that won't surprise me if we see that next year. I think it makes sense because, you know, if Samsung spent all this money developing, they're not going to just do it for Xiaomi, right? No, no. Yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting. Um, but the, so for me, it's a G, I think I'm particularly excited you're, about it. You're a big gamer? No, I'm not. But I feel like a lot of people appreciate having that extra power when they want to play games. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think for me, what the G means is that if you are buying a kind of general purpose phone, you know you're not going to compromise gaming when you get into gaming. Right. Which right. I think is kind of a cool thing. It is, it is. You know? um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, to see where the gaming side of things are that actually, in the real world, what, what that's going to look like when someone like a OnePlus or whoever uses that sort of platform um, to see how that's actually implemented. Because it's all well and good um, being in this environment and we see the demo devices and stuff and they work really well. But um, when you start getting the bloated <laughs> yes. Smartphone. Yes, um, totally. What's that? How's that going to impact the actual you know, power of the processor? Um, the gaming? So, in terms of uh, chips, um, what's exciting to me about the 765 is that it has built in 5G. I think yeah. that it doesn't need an external modem like the 865 does. Yeah. Is kind of a big deal because, right. you know, I was at a conference a few weeks ago, MediaTek had, and they announced their. 
uh, chip with uh, SOC with built-in 5G. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like they're really targeting that mid-range. Yeah, yeah. So do you really think that we're going to see a lot more? I mean, it's clear we're going to see more 5G devices and networks rolling out 5G yeah. next year. But do you think that perhaps we're underestimating how much we're going to see because, you know, we've kind of been a little standoffish about 5G. At least, I don't know, but for myself, and when I talk to other media, at least the US media, we know we're like, yeah, 5G is coming, but we wouldn't recommend buying a phone now. And, you know, it's not quite ready for prime time. But I'm every time I see like these mid-range chips with 5G, like the MediaTek recently, and now this Qualcomm one, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm underestimating what's gonna happen next. Maybe we're gonna be surprised and kind of blown away by the quantity and breadth mm-hmm. of products that we're gonna have to be able to choose from. Yeah, I mean, um, a couple of things I'd say is uh, the fact that Qualcomm, well, during the summit, they specifically said uh, the next step is scaling. Yeah. 5G. So now we've got the introduction of 5G. Everyone's sort of aware of it. Yeah. Um, next year is all all about actually making it happen. So for that to actually work, we need people to have devices that can connect to those things, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, regards to underestimating, I think I was looking at Korea, for example. They use a lot more data. Uh-huh. 5G. They got more uh, subscribers to 5G of okay. 5G, and people are consuming more data more than ever like spotify like immediately Netflix, just they, because they yeah. have 5g and like in the uk um with uh soccer football mm-hmm. um more platforms are offering streaming options now like amazon prime we can mm-hmm. stream the premier league for example having 5g for those things just accelerates even more data consumption so i think we'll, we'll see a lot of it next year no i think so too i think i wouldn't be surprised if not only do the networks um you know, uh, deploy a lot more 5G in the low band, like where mm-hmm. it's easy. Like basically, think of 4G LTE on steroids, right? Yeah, yeah. Rather than the millimeter wave, like giga, giga bit speed stuff. Right. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the mid band as well, like the two gigahertz, three gigahertz mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. urban kind of environments. Yeah. And and then these chips are kind of perfect for that. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Qualcomm 765 chip can do 5G millimeter wave as well. Yeah. But MediaTek's can't. It's really based for mid and low bands. Yeah. So, but for the kind of products this is targeting, I don't think you need millimeter wave, especially since the US is really the only place right now that has it anyway. Yeah. I think the end end goal for Qualcomm, um, um, I think would be that they combine, they, they produce a chip that can actually work on both sub six and millimeter wave um, rather than pursuing this situation right now where it's either it's either all kind of situation but i think the end goal would be what something that covers the both then we can stop worrying about it um it reminds me of what 4g was like when it first came yeah, out yeah absolutely right so yeah so i think that's that's what got me the most excited about the three but um let's talk about some of the features so what's actually really interesting is that a lot of the features in the 865 literally trickle down to the 765 right yeah so like you were talking about 200 uh, support up to 200 megapixel cameras yeah uh, i think one of the features they were talking about was 64 megapixel image capture while, while recording, recording 4k simultaneously. which just blows my mind yeah yeah um unlimited 960 frames I know. per second slow mode what capture. else did they talk about in imaging there was so much imaging oh they talked about um dolby vision dolby vision capture are you as a youtube creator are you excited about that i mean I know you don't use phones for your content creation. Yeah, I think I'm excited about it. I think it was you that you were talking about it somewhere. I can't remember where where you were talking about it, and uh, maybe on Twitter when someone asked you about the why. Why is that? Why are people excited about? Oh yeah, yeah, right. And then you were talking about (laughs) it. Just means that more um, uh, there's a lot more support for Dolby Vision on different platforms and stuff. So I think that alone is. I think the challenge with HDR video recording, which is basically Dolby Vision, is just you know, offensified, standardized way of recording. There's standards, there's HDR 10 and 10 plus, but I think that when Dolby gets involved, everybody's kind of like tunes into the same channel. Yeah. And that's what they're very good at, like standardizing, licensing. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're going to see some pretty cool uh, results because of that. I think we're going to see 
uh, adoption. And of course, now we a lot of us have uh, Dolby Vision compatible playback devices. Yes. Yeah. So having some content for that is great. I don't know if you saw. Oh yeah, you weren't in the demos areas yesterday. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was different. I will show you a video <laughs> later. Uh, you'll probably actually see it on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, on the demo area, they actually showed. Uh, recording was made with Dolby Vision and they right. played it back on like a really big 65 inch yeah. uh, 4K. And like they were literally shooting kids on the beach that were with the sun in the background. Right. You know, normally the kids would be like washed out, yeah, all the yeah. background would be washed out. Right. And it, it was perfect. perfect. Like you could see the facial expressions and the, yet the sun was at other setting. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. So that was that awesome. got me really, really excited. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because there was other conversation about AI as well. Yeah, of course. The translation, the live translation stuff. But yeah, that's pretty cool, that, right? That was for me. That was pretty epic. <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking. Um, since we talked about which mobile chips we like better, mm -hmm. what about those ACPC chips? Which are the ones that you're like most excited about? Like, there's the HCX, the HC, the Seven C now. To me, I kind of got my gut. Kind of tells me the Seven C is really the most. I was going to say that because <laughs> the level of Usage that what I'd use it for yeah. uh, would be that's more than more than enough. I tried a uh, <laughs> Lenovo Yoga. I can't remember which exact model. The one with the eight fifty, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that was my first experience of always on connected whatever uh, laptop, and I was just like, actually, this is great. I, it's so light. Uh, battery just lasts forever. In fact, I don't yeah. think I charged it the whole time I had it. Uh, if I had to set it back, and it's just so easy to pop in the bag, and you're rest assured that wherever I am in London. I can just get it out and connect, done, do my emails, do whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about Seven C. Like, I mean, two ninety nine. The demo in the demo room today, they had a, they had a, like a, an education prototype. It wasn't too thick. It wasn't. It was plastic, but it didn't have a touch screen. But right. it was running Windows ten with six gigs of RAM, one hundred twenty gigs of storage, Switch. and a massive battery, and obviously integrated for GLT. And they said it would sell for about two ninety nine. Yeah, I think that's reasonably priced. That's well. pretty amazing, especially in the education sector. And I think, I think yeah. this is an area right now where the Qualcomm based, the ARM based uh, Windows machines just don't have a leg to stand on. I mean, you really are. This is really Intel's universe right now. Yeah. The two ninety nine price point. So I want to see disruption in that universe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sick and tired of fans. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. You know, we're recording this show right now on a MacBook 12 inch from a few years ago. And the reason I'm still carrying this thing around is because even though it's underpowered, it's still perfectly fine for audio. But more importantly, it doesn't have a fan. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want. So I'm actually honestly pretty gung ho about what Apple's going to do with uh, their ARM MacBook replacement, whenever that happens. Yeah. Hopefully, it has finally got LTE built in, just like the iPad Pro, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked on, on about 5G a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Snapdragon mobile chipsets. How is the picture in the UK with 5G? Like, um, the reason I'm bringing it up is because one of the exciting things that happened this week in kind of in parallel with this whole Qualcomm's thing is T-Mobile, which is one of the four big operators in the US, launched their 600 megahertz low band mm -hmm. uh, 5G network. And it, it's actually here in Maui. Nice. I got to play with it and try yeah, it out. So uh, but I, yeah. I'm kind of curious if you've experienced 5G in, um, in the UK and how it feels for you. Do you think it's worth it? Like, are you still cautious about it or recommending it? How, how is it for you? I think I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for 5G. Um, we've got all the major networks now have 5G, uh, apart from one of them who only is currently focusing on home broadband. So right. three network in the UK, they have the biggest spectrum when it comes to okay. um, bandwidth, uh, when it comes to 5G. So I'm excited to see what they do when it, it becomes, when it comes to mobile, right. rather than just own broadband. Um, EE, they're very active. They're very proactive uh, as per, uh, uh, making it making the coverage wider as wide as possible so everyone can get on 5G and yeah. you can notice significantly significantly you can notice the difference yeah. between 4G and 5G so you've used the OnePlus 7 Pro 5G, Pro 5G in yes. the UK yeah. on EE I on guess because yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what the SPC. partner was right yeah, yeah. So what's and, and that's they're running are they running mid band or low band? Do you know what the bands are on that? I can't remember what, what the band what, what the band is. Um, what kind of performance were you getting? We were getting I was getting an average of three hundred. Three hundred down and then down, up and like up what? was about between it varies between eighty and hundred, which for that's me That's 
pretty damn it's good for YouTube, pretty, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Because yeah. that's what we're always after as <laughs> yeah, creators. Yeah. We're like, let's upload things. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing with five G at the moment is there's a lot of like myths about the yeah. uh, the effect of it on humans. And all I mean, it sounds <laughs> to me from the speed you're describing is that it seems that E is using low band, so somewhere in the below one gigahertz. Uh, and the reason for that is because with the T-Mobile network they just rolled out, mm -hmm. so they uh, here in Maui because we were all in one place as US media, they gave us uh, OnePlus Seven T Pro Five G McLaren edition. I know we like totally blinged out with the twelve <laughs> gigs of RAM, um, and they lend us the devices to try out on their five G network here, which is really one just one cell site, mm -hmm. and it's I mean at least here in the in the hotel area, the resort, yeah. there's more further out, but. I was really impressed at the breadth of coverage of just one cell. So not just the speed. Like yeah, and the speed was basically they their promise was twenty percent faster than LTE, which is not a lot. Yeah. But I totally saw that. I saw anywhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred and twenty uh, down, and anywhere between twenty and you know sixty up. So not quite as fast as you saw on EE. Yeah, yeah. But they're running at six hundred megahertz, which is yeah extremely low band right. in fact it will penetrate buildings really well <laughs> so like you can you don't even notice losing bars going from indoor to outdoor yeah. which is really impressive yeah i think yeah uh you, you know for a country the size of the us yeah. where distances are massive and where we have a, a scarcity of internet access in the middle of the country where people where the density of populations are really low mm -hmm. this is actually a big deal yeah. because it means that people are finally going to be able to get online yeah yeah um, speaking of indoor-outdoor situation, I think uh, all the 5G networks at the moment, you do notice a bit yeah. of difference between when, when you're indoors and when you pop I out. I mean, it's so. it's true on any network right yeah. now. But I mean, you definitely do notice a bit of a difference on the T-Mobile network on 600, but probably the least of anything I've ever noticed, which is really interesting. I mean, if you're deep inside the building, you notice it more. Yeah. But if you're just like stepping in and out, like you really won't notice too much. Yeah. What would be cool. interesting is when everyone is now on 5G, yeah um, how that affects traffic and you know yeah so yeah see. so it's interesting too because t-mobile actually originally launched in the us the 5g network in june with millimeter wave mm. and they had one device for it was galaxy s10 5g, 5G. it only support millimeter wave and mid-band and they don't have a mid-band network yet right. they're actually working on acquiring sprint right now and Sprint will be providing that spectrum that's when the acquisition finishes. Yeah. So there, that's why they're very gung-ho about acquiring Sprint, because they need that mid-band spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And then they just roll out this low-band. And so it's interesting that the OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren edition that I have is low-band and mid-band. Yeah. And then the Note 10 5G is low-band and mid-band. Yeah. So if you want to get millimeter wave on T-Mobile, you have to buy the S10 5G. Right. And that won't do the low-band. It's really weird. Like, did, they, did they tell you that when you I, I actually had a meeting i had a meet they didn't say why they just said that i think it might be related to what we were talking about with alex before yeah. like the limitations of how much you can cram in one phone right, yeah. and putting millimeter wave right now takes up a lot of real estate the antenna is pretty big and stuff yeah, yeah. so i think that they um you know have devices optimized so for the listeners if you're looking at getting a 5g phone on t-mobile um, be sure to understand that the s10 5g is millimeter uh and the uh, OnePlus and the uh, Note 10 5G are low band and that the mid band will come in at some point. Some point yeah. And then I'm sure that sometime in March, April, May, whatever, maybe the OnePlus 8 or whatever, we will get a tri band phone, what like a tri mode. What modem is in the OnePlus? X uh, X55. X55. Yeah. yeah. Snapdragon 855 and X55. So that's one bigger piece of news this week, T-Mobile's rollout. I'm a customer, so I'm a little biased, um, but I've always liked them very much for many years. Um, they're definitely the, less, the lesser evil of all the very strong-handed carriers and operators we have in the US. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard the horror stories. They like to brand everything their own. Yeah. Um, and then we have another little piece of news is Moto took advantage of the fact we were all here in Maui, again, mm -hmm. mostly US media, to launch a new phone as part of their Motorola One series. Yes. So this is the fifth phone now. They've had the Vision. Action. Action. Macro. macro Zoom, Zoom and yeah. then now Hyper. Hyper, yeah. And so this Hyper is, it, I'm not convinced it's like priced right, but I do like what I saw. Yeah. It's a Snapdragon 675, 675 right? Yeah. And it's got a massive 6.5 inch bezel of screen, Display. no notches, nothing, because camera. it has a pop-up, right? It's yeah, 32 megapixel, 
And then it has a dual rear 64 megapixel and 8 megapixel ultra wide. Yeah. And so the the large like the larger arrays, the 64 and the 32, are quad pixel. Quad pixel. Quad pixel. Yeah. So you can you can step it down. You can yeah. shoot in what was it? They're doing yeah. like I think the output 64 divided by four is 16. 16. Yes. Yeah, and then 32 is eight. Yeah. Right. And they do like the quad buyer quad pixel binning thing. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that the phone is plastic, so the it's fake glass in the mm -hmm. back, so it's plastic glass. Well, that actually doesn't make any sense. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then it has uh, a chassis that's also plastic, but like you know that hard matte. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Feels like aluminum, but it's not so it actually feels well, really well made. But it's a little sad to me that they cheaped out. And I wouldn't be a stickler about this if it was less than four hundred US. It's three ninety nine US, and you know from all the phones you review in the UK, you can get a lot of really good phones for that you price, can. right? Yeah, you can, but um, probably better than that phone. Yeah, I think at the moment in the UK, Motorola devices uh, there aren't they're not that popular. Not many people use them anymore, even know about them anymore. But, yeah, I mean, it really is a US-centric brand, even though it's owned by Lenovo. Apparently, it's super popular in Latin America, wow. the brand. So, Why like, they, I don't know. They just sell a lot of them down there, especially the G series and the E series, which is like the mid and low yeah, end yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, and the one series is on a bit of an island of its own. Like, we, the ones, are, pardon the pun, but the ones we get in the US are actually not optimized for US networks. Yeah. They work on T-Mobile and AT&T, but they don't have all the bands they, they should have. have. The bands, yeah, They're really international models that just happen to be sold uh, with a warranty in the US. It's yeah, yeah. very weird. So that Hyper is like that. So if you're on T-Mobile, for example, and you want to buy the Hyper, be aware there's no 600 megahertz band for 4G, for example. That's and there the are probably some software updates as well. I wasn't too sure. It was a bit wishy-washy in terms of how often you get updates? It's not Android One. No, and that's the problem. They had one phone, that, the first Android One, that was just called the Moto One phone. I think yeah. just Moto One, no, nothing else. That was that was an Android One phone. But yeah, then yeah. It, after that, they went back to the Motorola well, software, yeah. which, as you have to agree, is pretty pretty hands off, right? I don't know if you've used it, but it's there's really not much customization. No, it's very pure. Um, it's very in nice. fact, I think the only thing that they've got in there is all the Motorola gestures. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. But otherwise, it's very pure. It's a pure device. Yeah, yeah. and so then the other specs on it were, I think, was it 4 gigs or 6 four gigs? 4 gigs of RAM. 4 gigs of RAM? Yeah, yeah okay. And then 128, and then yeah. SD card, it's microphone. Expand the world up to 1 terabyte. Headphone jack. Headphone jacks. Um, I'm not sure if it has an NFC. A lot of motor phones don't have it. Yeah, uh, I didn't check didn't for that. that. <laughs> no, I didn't talk about it. It doesn't have IP rating. No, mono speaker, USB-C. Oh, 45 watt charging. For, yeah, well, that doesn't come in the box. Yeah, why, right? So watts. they do this all the time. They put 18 watt in the box. Yeah. and then the But the thing is PD compliant, 45 watt. And it does have a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. So Yeah, that's a big battery. To be it fair. should be pretty With damn good. Pure Android experience. Like so like if the phone was $300, I think I'd feel pretty confident of recommending it and saying check it out yeah. but at 400 I feel it needs to come down in price it does because you can pick up uh, Xiaomi Oppo yeah. Vivo yeah. Uh, and, and even older point, OnePlus you know, yeah oh yeah, yeah. the also, older OnePlus yeah, yeah. is like you can probably buy a OnePlus 60 at that price yeah, yeah. Point. even some older Samsung devices like, yeah still quite so decent. it's a tough sell yeah. but that's basically it for the news uh, the last bit of news we have to cover is I'm just going to mention it because it's mentionable it's important um, Google, uh, Sergey and Larry, the two, the two co-CEOs of Alphabet, I taking should say, step back. are taking a step back, whatever that means. It's on the board. Mm. But it's crazy to me that Sundar is now going to be the CEO, CEO of both Google and Alphabet. Yeah. What do you think? What do you that's think a, of that? That's a big weight on his shoulder, but I think he's the right man for it because he's been embedded He's in, so great. I really like him as a guy. so long that I think he knows. He knows. It's yeah. like... He reminds me a lot of of uh, uh, Sadia Nadella in many ways. Yes, you know, and not just because I That's think his uh, ethnic background, but yeah. I'm just saying like he has that wisdom, like yeah. that kind of very centered, very calm, yeah. very inviting kind they, of. They have vibe. a vision, and that's yeah. you know that's the roadmap that's, that they're going to follow for things, and there's no deviation. I love it. There's no stress. <laughs> so, Tommy, do you want to tell people where the, on the internet they can find you? Obviously, your YouTube and all that. So, just yeah. tell us all the media handles and Twitter. Uh, I'm at Gadgets Boy with an S. It's an uh, S everywhere. So, like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You got them all. Yes. I couldn't get Tank Girl on everything. Oh, man. You I'm just got to wait. <laughs> but this is a long time ago that I got my stuff, and I still couldn't get it on YouTube. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you should follow Tommy. Great video content. 
and it's not just UK stuff. So obviously I have a UK audience, but I encourage my US uh, sisters and brothers and others to uh, to listen in on Tommy's uh, awesome work. So, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. And you folks all know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankgirl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is where you want to comment on this podcast and discuss things with me. And you also see like live coverage of events. I really like to do live tweeting. It's my thing. It's fun. Uh, and then uh, the Instagram is where you see pretty photos of like of the phones and taken with the phones. And then sometimes I actually manage to, you know, get some Instagram stories done. I struggle with that. I feel I feel like an old grandparent when I try to make an Instagram <laughs> story happen. Everybody makes fun of me when they're around me to do that. Uh, and then the podcast, if you've kind of landed on it by accident, is at mobiletechpodcast.com. Please subscribe. And you can do that on the show, but you can actually do it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify is actually Spotify, a big one. A lot yeah. of people like Spotify. <laughs> and please, if you join, whatever you subscribe, please rate us uh, and, and review us because, and I say us, the royal we and my guests, because like the reality is like, you know, if people don't know how good the show is, they're not going to join. So please do that. And then finally, there's a YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel is Miriam Joar. So it's like youtube.com slash my full name spelt out. You can find my full name on my Twitter account. So you have no excuse. Uh, see, that's the problem with not getting Tank Girl on, yeah. on YouTube. So lots of good videos on the channel. Check them out. Please subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. Tell your friends. Comment in the videos. And of course, that little notification bell is your friend because then you'll know when I post a new thing. So check it out. Um, this is the whole package. And thanks again, Tommy, for being thanks, on. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll have you on again. We'll make sure, it happen. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's it, folks. Stay tuned for another show next week. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.